You're listening to the Thunder Underground Podcast. This is episode 56. I'm Trent. I'm Jason. What's going on? Not much. If this podcast was an outside linebacker, it'd be the greatest of all time. And that would be who? Lawrence Taylor for oh. your Giants. Oh, sh- and I don't even know his number. I'm slipping. Yeah. <laughs> slipping. Well, that's probably the number of teenage uh, under and underage girls he's fucked, but as well. <laughs> but let's not get into that. Right. No, that's 58. We got two more episodes to go. Yeah, true, true. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, we want to kick this thing off with some news we just found out recently, yesterday, that Black Country Communion is reforming. They're back. You could file this under news I never thought I would hear. Yeah, no shit. And they announced this now, but they're saying it's going to happen in 2017, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that Joe Bonamassa is probably booked through December, and Glenn well, Hughes is as well. Yeah, definitely Glenn Hughes is. And um, Jason Bonham, too, has probably got the Led Zeppelin experience thing going through the year. But And, you know, I, I don't think it particularly ended badly, but I don't think it was the greatest. Yeah, they... If, if I can remember correctly. They had some words, you know, in the press, basically. Throwing, you know, it was basically Joe Bonamassa and yeah. Glenn Hughes going back and forth. I saw some, you know, Glenn Hughes comments a lot when he posts stuff on Facebook yes, and Twitter. Does. And I saw someone saying something about that, like, I didn't think this would happen, you know, hopefully you and Joe cool something along those lines and he and he responded to it and said we're all friends this is all about music the past is the past or something like that that's right that's right like he always says love is the answer yeah music is the healer okay (laughs) and that's what's going on right now and uh, you know like i told you earlier when you told me i didn't i didn't really think anything of it because i saw kind of an ominous tweet earlier I think it was last night or this morning or something. And, you know, Glenn likes to comment and, and you know, post a lot of stuff. And he's very positive and he's very, uh, you know, um, hopeful about everything. So I just kind of thought maybe he was just kind of saying something, thinking out loud, like he'd like to have it back. Oh, yeah. I guess, I don't know, in the, the you know the craziness of the morning or and stuff i just didn't give it a second look but uh you know it's great news i mean i can only imagine it's gonna be amazing yeah because everything they every every fucking thing they put on record was you know superb rock and roll so i i know that you know this will be no different yeah they put out three albums right and a live album or is it a live dvd I think both. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, they didn't really give details, obviously, but yeah. you would think if they're coming back, it's probably to do an album because they were never a heavy touring band. Yes. But they did, you know, they did a lot of touring in Europe and stuff. And you would hope that if they come back around, maybe we'll get more shows in the States. Because I remember their last run, they did like six or something. Yeah. Yeah. I and, think m- most of their, most of their live stuff was in Europe. Yeah. And, and you know, if this happens and it comes to fruition and there's more stuff in the U.S., we, we got to try to make it. Yeah, definitely. We have to. And you would think maybe it's one of those things where, like, when bands go away and come back, it's a little better for them, you know. Yeah. Reception-wise, at least. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because, you know, it's happened a lot. We saw it with 
Faith No More. You know, it was bigger than they were back when they were together the first time. And, you know, that worked for Twisted Sister, bands like that. You just go away and then you come back and you're bigger than ever. Yeah. I don't expect them to be that big, but I just mean there's a lot of press with, you know, Glenn Hughes getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Exactly. Joe Bonamassa's fan base is always growing, you know, and you've got, you know, the people that loved him in the first place and hopefully people like us telling people we know and talking about it here, it just helps spread the word. Exactly. The time is right, you know, and I think when when they, when they, when they busted up before, I remember reading an interview with Joe Bonamassa and you know, he was just like, he, he needs to tour and do his thing and just do it to just pound the pavement and he has done that the last few years and it's paid off i mean amazingly so i think you know he he's got his foot in the ground on that deal he's established uh, so yeah you know the time is right i think it's cool if he steps away and does this for a while and the cool thing is i mean at least for you i mean i like joe bonamassa i'm not like a massive fan but i saw him live about a year ago and it was unbelievable yeah you know, he's got great music, but he's not someone that I listen to all the time. But as, yeah. like you mentioned the other day, his best stuff, in your opinion, that he ever did was Bloodline and Black Country Communion when he was in a band, you know? I think so. And nothing against his solo stuff or his voice or anything. Because, you know, he sings in Black Country Communion and it's amazing. Yeah. But, I, you know, it, when you, for me, for me, it, because, you know, the kind of the time we came up in, which is like right after Steve Ray Vaughan passed away. And especially in this area, people just really glommed on to the blues and the blues rock thing. And I think that it kind of got a little abused, <laughs> you know, by a lot of guys. And I just kind of got tired of it. And it was like, dude, if your name's not Steve Ray Vaughan or Chris Duarte or Ian Moore, I just, I don't care because you're just, you're just copying something. And, and, to me, that came that came through with Joe Bonamassa, and I know that's not right. I know it's wrong, but my mind is automatically conditioned when I hear blues rock. I'm like, oh fuck it, what the <laughs> hell is this going to be? So I know that I need to open my mind up a little bit more on Joe Bonamassa's stuff. But I just, I, I just, you know, I, I dug his bands more, you know. But maybe, maybe I need to, maybe I need to make a playlist and check it out, you know. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, anything that Glenn Hughes opens his mouth upon, vocal-wise, is phenomenal. That's right. Glenn you know, Hughes could sing for fucking Dying Fetus, and it would be amazing. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah. He is the golden god. That's you know, right. Sorry, Robert Plant. I love you, too. <laughs> but Glenn Hughes still has his voice, okay? I don't think Robert Plant's going to be on our podcast, so I could say that. But. Uh, and Robert Plant probably won't argue with that, either. <laughs> right. But so, yeah, just needless to say, we're beyond excited because this is a phenomenal band, underrated, like a lot of the stuff we talk about here. And like you said, hashtag all killer, no filler on all three of their albums. Goddamn right. Let's get into this episode right now. Getting into this episode here, 
first thing we're going to talk about is the biggest news in the rock world of the past week or past months. It's obvious. Yeah. We got to talk about ACDC and their announcement, the official announcement that Axl Rose is now the fill-in singer. I assume he's not the permanent singer, but... I hope he, not. You don't know with this kind of stuff. And on the back end of that, we also got an official statement from Brian Johnson. Right. Well, as we know, for months, there was speculation of all this and that, and then there was the rumor the last month or two that Axel was the singer because there was pictures taken of him leaving a studio in Atlanta, and they, yeah. of course, Angus and Stevie Young or Chris Slade or someone left as well right after. Anyway, ACDC confirmed it this past Saturday, like a few hours before Guns N' Roses took the stage at Coachella. And then Angus Young showed up on stage, seemingly in a brilliant move to just help promote this news. Exactly. And they played Riff Raff and Whole Lotta Rosie. And they sounded good. Axel sounded good doing it. I'm not going to, you know, Axel's not my favorite singer in the world, but Guns N' Roses is my favorite band in the world. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not disappointed with it in the least if it's going to happen. Last time we talked about this, several episodes ago, I know you said, please don't do this no matter who it is. Just hang it up. Yeah. But you would assume it's a thing of, well, they've booked all these shows, they've sold all these tickets, they don't want to lose money. So here we are. Yeah. And then we've got the Brian Johnson thing where he came out and released a press release where it was all kind of, you know... He didn't say anything bad, but he also said that he, you know, wishes he could do this, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he kind of backed up their thing about the hearing. Yeah. So, I mean, he, here's, here's, I mean, what... I think that he well, backed it up just because Yeah. he didn't want to start any shit in the that, press. That's, that's what I was going <laughs> to, you know, he's a class guy and he's going to take the high road. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you never know, I mean... You know, if he if he starts a smear campaign, you know, it could be one of those things like, uh, you know, where they just like remove your likeness from everything. Right. You know, they pull a, I don't know, I can't remember right offhand what band has done that. There's been a couple. Yeah, Anthrax did it to Dan Spitz recently. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't In they? In that yeah. reissue of, was it State of Euphoria yeah. or something, they just removed his picture and yeah. they didn't, rem obviously replay his guitars but they just removed his likeness from the yeah i mean so you're you're thinking now brian johnson is separated from the acdc camp the acdc camp probably has a ton of pr a ton of lawyers so and he i guess he just figured you know i'll just pack it up and and yeah it's sad it is it's really sad that you know, he couldn't finish it, um, and I still don't think, I still am very uneasy with this whole deal. Um, well, what do you I, think? I like, understand that, you know, tickets have been sold and plans have been made, and, you know, they, they could lose a lot of money, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I really don't know. What do you think what Eddie Trunk mentioned like a week or two ago where he said that he thinks that there's way more to it and... That they just decided to move on from him. Oh, I mean, I which is basically backing up what Jim Brewer said. I think there's way more to it. This is why I said he's a class guy. He right. doesn't want to start no shit. He doesn't want to get in any trouble. 
it could be, uh, you know, hazardous if he started, like I said, some kind of shit talk campaign. I think maybe there is a little bit more going on. Because uh, there was rumors that supposedly he saw, well, he even said he saw other specialists in his press release, right? Like yeah. he got second yeah. opinions and they supposedly had said you could do it just on a lighter schedule. And that's mm-hmm. the big rumor that he said, let's continue just lighter schedule. And they said no. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because ACDC's schedule has always been real heavy and then they'll be gone for three years or something. Well, yeah, and that's... it's like, just do it, just spread it out, you know, and don't go out like this. You and, know? and that's the thing. People are like, maybe Angus wants to keep it going for another 10 years. Well, guess what? After this whole cycle, they're gonna be they're gonna be gone for another five years, <laughs> right? So it's like, I don't know, and and that probably comes into play in in a in the idea that you know, in five years, Brian Johnson's probably gonna be almost seventy four, seventy five years old. Yeah. So I mean, what what do you do? I mean, I don't know. It just it sucks. The whole thing sucks. And uh, I I understand the need to go on and do these shows, but I don't know. And nothing against Axl Rose. I'm sure he is, you know, primed and ready for it. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. It's just weird. I mean, with all that being said, I'm excited as shit to hear the first set, you know, like, because oh, yeah. you know it'll end up on yeah. YouTube the next day. Definitely. When they play in wherever it's at, Prague, or what was it? Yeah. Poland. It started with a P. I can't remember. I, it's it, it's it's like if how Led Zeppelin was trying out singers a few years ago. Don't fucking do that. Just right. just leave it alone. Yeah. You know, this isn't L.A. Guns where you can just change out a million fucking different members. This is like institutions. What's your of problem rock. with Phil Lewis? Pillars of rock. <sighs> really? Do we do we have to do this? Come on. Hey. L.A. Guns and uh, Phil, they're going to be back with Tracy Guns. Are they really? Yeah, at the the, the Hair Nation Fest. Like they're all reuniting? Well, I don't know. It just says with Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, I saw that so, they announced a big world tour, like in Europe and America and stuff, and, but I didn't notice. L.A. Guns? Yeah. A world tour well, in they, Europe? They call it a world tour. It's just a bunch of American and European dates. Oh. You know, but... The point is, I didn't see it say that it included all members. Well, the poster for that Hair Nation. Oh, that's cool. But that that's tangent number yeah. one. Right. But the the thing with Axel and ACDC is, well, I mean, you saw by now, if you even care about this, this stuff from Coachella. I mean, Axel's been singing a whole lot of Rosie live for like 15 years, probably. Yeah, we do know that. And that's like and, his favorite band. Yeah. And yeah. Riff Raff. And he's, you know, Guns N' Roses has done a million covers throughout the years, you know. The stuff, the slower stuff, like knocking on heaven's door, you know, he's covered the Beatles and they've covered, or excuse me, Paul McCartney and they've covered uh, Rose Tattoo, Nice Boys. That's yeah. like the first thing you ever heard from him as a cover. So it's like the guy can adapt. And the thing is, his voice obviously has a way wider range than Brian Johnson does. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see what they're going to pull out as far as. Bon Scott songs. Yeah, I I bet you, they'll, they they'll change a, it up a little bit, yeah. You might think maybe this set's <clears throat> going to be more dominant Bon Scott era than it is, John. I mean, outside of the obvious, Brian Johnson, huge mega hits from Back in Black and yeah. Thunderstruck and whatnot. Which they'll have to do. But, I mean, maybe they'll switch it up a little and it'll be interesting to hear 
and see that. How do you think? How do you think Axel sound on play ball? <laughs> I can't wait to find out. I bet you can't. I bet you can't. Well, and, it's and, also in that press release. He made some comments about continue. I don't remember. I didn't read it again today to refresh myself, but some comment about playing again in the future, like he's going to continue playing. So yeah. you got to wonder what if Recording. Brian, what if Brian Johnson goes out and performs as solo. You never know. You never know what could happen. You know, like once he gets through this in the next year or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all remains to be seen. You yeah. know, that's that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and the only last thing is that you got to wonder, this is a freaking huge schedule for Axl Rose. I know. Who obviously, as we all know, has a history of. <laughs> well, here's the thing is like you can't, this is not his band now. He can't yeah. do it. Well, I just meant the schedule from like now going directly into ACDC, and as soon as the ACDC European tour is done, he's going directly into the Guns N' Roses Stadium thing in June. Yep. And then as soon as that's done, he's well, not as soon as that's done, but within a month or, month or two after that is the American dates. Yeah. So, but yeah, like you said, when it comes to ACDC, it's obviously like, okay, we can't say we're going to go on an hour late and people just, you know, are used to it because it's Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Like exactly. ACDC is one of those clockwork bands. Well, you, know. you have to know that they're such a huge band and such a machine. They, I'm sure they worked all that out. Yeah, I can't imagine that they didn't. So i I don't really I don't really think that's an issue. They got Udo or Jesse James Dupree on speed dial. Yes, for the, the first show that Axel right. first show that Axel doesn't go on until 45 minutes late. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Well, do we want to get in some music now. Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, this is a band out of Oklahoma City called A Dying Art, and this song is called Vile Becomings.
All right, once again, that was Vile Becomings from the band A Dying Art out of Oklahoma City. These guys are, uh, they're opening for Battlecross tonight, if you're listening to this today that this album, or this uh, podcast drops. That's right. In Oklahoma City at Thunder Alley. We're planning to head up there. Looking forward to seeing these guys. I saw they also opened for Killswitch Engage last week when they played Oklahoma City. Nice. So they're getting the gigs with the, yeah. the badass metal bands. Yeah, you gotta love that. They're a, I mean, it's just a great, you know, in your face, straight up metal jam. You know, it's like, it get, I had a real, uh, it has a Hell Yeah vibe to me, but a little less, uh, obviously Hell Yeah has that kind of southernness and that the vocals are way more metal in this than mm -hmm. Chad Gray's vocals are. Yeah. But it's just kind of that feeling, you know, of like the heavier, the early Hell Yeah stuff. And... You know, the, the vocals are cool. You know, it crosses into a little deathy stuff there at points and everything. It's just a cool song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you put this song on, hold on to your ass, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, what I like is, uh, you know, the vocals. Uh, he's a screamer. He's a growler. He's got different different voices to his voice, shall we say, uh, different attitudes, and he, he can uh, he can do it all. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got a... Pretty cool snake charmery solo, uh, and it's just heavy as fuck. It's a great song. Uh, can't wait to see these guys. Yeah, looking forward to it. Like we said, they're opening for Battle Cross at Thunder Alley, April twenty first, which is tonight. Catch these guys, you know, when whenever else they're playing. If you can't make that show, or if you're listening to this later on, look them up on Facebook. Just type in a dying art. They're on there. They're also on Reverb Nation. This song and a couple other songs are up there as well. Check them out. Definitely. Well, we've also got this brand new album from Ace Freely that came out last week. That's right. What do you think of it? I like it a lot. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, it's Origin Volume, Origins Volume 1, which is all covers. And he's got a lot of special guests on it. And I will say, it just I was kind of surprised at how much I liked it, actually. <clears throat> really? Did you not think you were going to like it as much? Well, no. I, yeah, I mean, I always knew <laughs> it. I've always liked his stuff, but yeah. I've never been like... I've never just like, holy crap, I love this. You yeah, know? yeah. Even even his earlier stuff, you know, his solo stuff, I never loved as much as a lot of people do. Yeah. And, you know, nothing against the songs. I just, I don't know what it is. But this... This album, all the covers, all of them are great. His voice sounds great. I even like his voice on this better than his earlier stuff. Yeah, yeah. It just got more of a heaviness and an edge to it, I think. That's, that's. I agree with that big time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked I liked his last solo, solo album he did, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and mainly, it just sounded so good, you know, and it kind of carries over to this. I think we talked about in a previous episode when we heard White Room. Right. How it just had so it was so much, you know, it was brighter, had a good punch to it. Um, and I love Spanish Castle Magic with John Five. That was a really cool one. Yeah. Know? And uh, they did a great version of that. Yeah, that's one of the highlights for me as well. Yeah, Wild Thing with Lita Ford. Yeah. What do you think of that? That was badass. Yeah, that was There's, good. That's the thing, like, even... Excluding the ones that have guest guitarists on it, you know we you know we know Ace Frehley's great, you know. But most people have always pointed out the fact that he's just a kick-ass guitarist, 
that's cool. It yeah. does his thing. He has a great sound, <laughs> but no one's ever mistaken him for like a virtuoso or anything. That's right. But there's a lot of ripping solos on this thing, and they all kick ass. Yeah, I mean, he even kinda... the stuff that's just him, not with someone. Oh like, yeah. You know, you know, John Five's a virtuoso, but exactly. I'm saying you take off the two songs that he was on. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and you know, Ace Freely comes from more of that Jimmy Page type kind of guitar god. Right. Style, you know, it's a, he's not like a virtuoso a billion notes a second, <laughs> but he just, you know, he's got flash and balls and attitude and kind of what, what all the stuff that came after it was built upon, you know, so that, that's kind of where he's coming from. So, and, and it was cool to, you know, he did fire and water with Paul Stanley. That was great. You know, yeah. to hear them two again. That's the first Together. thing they've done since, yeah. uh, was it Psycho Circus? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Supposedly, if he actually played on Psycho Circus. <laughs> we don't know. Well, he did actually, sing a song, at least. We know that. Right. <laughs> Into the Void. Yes, yeah. I remember it. <laughs> but yeah, they cover the free song. Paul Stanley sounds great. You know, it's just, obviously that song has a total, even more of a Kiss vibe, since you got Paul Stanley's voice as well. Yeah. And Parasite. With John Five is also great. It's heavy as hell, cool and cold gin with Mike McCready. Yeah, is really cool. I mean, I obviously was gonna think that because that's one of my favorite Kiss songs. I know that. Yeah, that's but, one of the best Kiss songs. And if you're not a if you're not a follower of Pearl Jam, if you like stuff that's heavier, you need to know that Mike McCready is a badass. Yeah, and he he's he's real big on the heavy music. He's a big Motorhead fan. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's. He's into this stuff, yeah, and it shows. And, you know, there's several songs where it's just Ace. Magic Carpet Ride's cool. Emerald with Slash is great, because Slash yeah, is always definitely. bringing the tone, right? <clears throat> and, like you said, Spanish Casual Magic is probably probably the highlight overall, I would think. Yeah, yeah, that was such a, that was such a joy to listen to. It's like, again, kind of like White Room, it's just got this big punch and this brightness it's freaking awesome and tangent number two we mentioned <laughs> mentioned cold gin yeah we were fortunate enough to see one of the greatest versions of cold gin ever that's right good one trent good yeah. one tell what, them tell them what year was this like 99 Ni uh, i think it was like 97 98 it 98. was during anthrax's cycle for volume eight which would have been much. 98 or 99 yeah probably yeah you're right yeah, they played Trees in Dallas, and we drove down there, and Anthrax brought out Dimebag and Vinnie Paul. To Cold Gin. Cold Gin. I think they played a second song, too. But uh, I, it's been so long, dude. But I, I remember, remember that for sure. Oh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That yeah. was that was amazing. I mean, uh, I couldn't believe I was in the fucking room for that, dude. <laughs> right. That was great. Well, what do we got? Uh... I've got something. Okay. A little randomness for you. I know, I think that I forwarded you something about this yesterday or something, but I figured, you know, we should talk about it. You know, Thin Lizzy is doing some dates again. Yeah. You know, and uh, this time around joining them is none other than Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith. Right. And Scott Travis from Judas Priest joining, you know, Damon Johnson and Ricky Warwick and Scott Gorham. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, this is just like an unbelievable I was like, where the fuck group. did that come from? Right. That's an, that's insane. And, you know, good for Tom Hamilton, because what the fuck, Aerosmith aren't going to do anything, because Steven Tyler's trying to be a country star. <laughs> right. And, you know, Judas Priest is on a little bit of a break, so why not, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, that's just like an amazing super group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sh- that group should do their own original shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, you got to think, Scott Travis, you know, the drummer for Judas Priest, you know, machine gun, double bass. He's got to think, when did I ever th- think I was going to be in a band with Tom Hamilton? <laughs> yeah. But it's awesome. Yeah. Or Damon Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Or Scott Gordon. It's just like... All of it. Yeah, all of those bands are just your straight-up hard rock bands, and here comes Scott Travis, you know. And I think I told you you didn't notice that Ian Hoglund is playing. Oh, that's right, It's yeah. at least one, maybe it's one or two dates when they're playing in Sweden, which is where he's based, yes. obviously, the drummer of Europe, which, by the way, we had on our podcast many episodes ago. So that's go, right. Go look that one up. And he was a super nice guy and very hospitable. Yeah, and he's big time into Thin Lizzy and all these other bands, which it's kind of, you know, they're now, Thin Lizzy has now become Scott Gorham and a bunch of people that fucking love Thin Lizzy. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Right? Because we know, you know, Damon Johnson, that's one of his favorite bands. Yeah. And, you know, he's been in the band now for quite a while. And What do you think his, because when, when one guy does this and, you know, it's just one original member... A lot of people talk shit, but no one has talked shit on this deal. Yeah. How do you think he? How do you think Scott Gorm's gotten away with it? I don't know. Some of these bands get passes. People just don't think about it. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess it had been happening. And you'd for think long they enough. would because you know Phil Linnett is like a fucking legend, yeah. god, you iconic. Know, yeah. That people. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, like Foreigner always gets a pass too. You yeah. Know? And well, there's no goddamn members left in that one. Right. Well, there is at most shows. Mick Jones shows up for yeah, 20 minutes or something. He'll show up for I Want to Know What Love Is or something. Yeah. Which, tangent number three, um, I saw that they're working on getting, I don't know who who all's left, but at least Lou Graham and Mick Jones, and they're putting together like the real lineup. Well, they should. Yeah. <coughs> I don't they, know if they, it's for they a tour should. or what. I don't know if it's tour or one show or what, but anyway. Yeah, it's kind of weird that some bands like, Obviously, we mentioned Guns N' Roses earlier. Yeah. You know, he's getting railed for years and years. And then you got yeah, a band like Thin Lizzy. When they're using the name Thin Lizzy, and it's yeah. one guy. You've got exactly. Leonard Skinner that's basically one guy. For years, it's two, right? Yeah, now and, it's just one. And then, you know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of those. You know, Boston is one guy. Yep. You know, we could go on and on. Well, I don't know. I think something that helped Thin Lizzy probably was Black Star Riders. You yeah. know, I think they they had a good idea. Look, you know, we're not Thin Lizzy. You know, we, we've kind of got our own thing going. Let's let's start something new and call it something new, but keep that spirit alive. And I, I you know, and, and I think it worked for them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was because they never released any music as Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. That could be a thing too. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's why. Who knows? Yeah. Well, what do we want to mention? Oh, these uh, Rob Zombie's got this new album coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. And uh, he's released like three singles now, I think. You know, I I heard them all. I I listened to them all the other day, and I need to listen to them again. You know, I I don't know how well I can. I mean, I I definitely know everybody's fucking in a UFO. Yeah. And I love the cover art for that. Yeah. You know, Alien, you know, with his... Gigantic green cock, you know, trying right. to put it to some chick. <laughs> that that's that's wholesome there for the kids. Yeah. <clears throat> my my thing with Rob Zombie is I've always loved him. I've loved White Zombie, but it was just kind of this period over the last 
five or ten years where I just kind of checked out a little bit. Yeah, checked out. I get a little that. Bit. I get that. I think that uh, once educated horses came out, that's kind of when you saw the turn. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's kind of doing something. Something a little different, something a little bit more organic. Yeah. And, you know, and then uh, I can't even remember what the last one was called. Wasn't it, like, really long, too? Yeah. But, like, Sick Bubblegum, that was a badass song. Yeah. I mean, I've got every album he's done. Yeah, yeah. And I like him. But I just, like, I'm not rabid about it like I was with White Zombie or the first few albums that he did. Yeah. And, but, you know, and even when I heard where everybody's fucking in UFO... I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Just what we've come to expect over the last yeah, exactly. five or ten <laughs> years. But then I heard the hideous exhibitions of a dedicated gore whore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember, gore whore. I remember that. That was a good song. And that's just even better, you know, and the, the one that came after that in the age of consecrated vampires, we all whatever, something or another. Yeah. Um, both of those are even better than the fucking in the UFO song. And yeah, I, I kind of remember getting that vibe. Like I said, I need to listen to him again. Yeah. And they're all, you know, like you love all, they're all two minutes, three, three and a half minute long oh, yeah. songs. And, That's badass. And it just, after hearing those two songs, it really got me pumped. And I'm like really anxious to hear this album. Really looking forward to seeing him live at Rocklahoma. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. See, my thing with him is like he puts on an awesome live show, but he's always been kind of. I don't want to say it. You know, I don't think we're ever going to get him on our podcast, but he's kind of lazy singer live. See, you know, he's been that way since White Zombie. I don't I don't think so. You know, he he comes in Let me say this, like the first several times I saw him, it seems like the first three or four songs he just was totally behind and sl- way off what the, the beat of what was going on was. And then about that fourth or fifth song he hits it and it's good the rest of the show. Really? And I didn't see him you know, I saw him many times, and then I didn't see him for a long time until we saw him at Rocklahoma three years ago. Yeah. And it was the same thing. The first several songs, it was just like, this band's on point, but he's not. And really? then at some point, he hits it. You know, it's just weird if that's just how he does it. You know, that's his warm-up is the first three or four songs. So Maybe I, that's just me, but that's just the way I've always seen it every time I've seen him. See, I never got that. I mean, I got that back in the day with White Zombie. I remember seeing him at the Pavilion and thinking... Wow, what what's going on here? But every time I've seen him solo, uh, I, it sounded amazing to me. I thought it was great. So I, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't hear it. I think that he's better nowadays than he used to be. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I definitely think he's better now. Yeah, yeah. Like and, I would absolutely love to see White Zombie live right now. Like they get back together. Yeah. That would be amazing. I don't know. I think you know you pretty much got White Zombie. You know. I don't no, know. I don't know. There's just something about that sound that, like, you know, John Five, we all know, is a badass. He's phenomenal. Yeah. But it's just something about that sound of that band that was different. You know? Yeah. Well, and don't don't ever say, oh, Rob Zombie's never going to be in this podcast. <laughs> you never know. Well, by the time we get him on here, this episode will be buried so deep he won't have heard this. Well, I'll bring it up because it'll <laughs> put you in the hot seat. Fuck it. Why not? All right, I'll deal with it. <laughs> I, uh... I'll bring up and ask him if he remembers the time that our friend asked him to sign a sandal that he found in the mosh pit. That's right. I remember that sandal. Which Thrasher, I assume, still has that. It was hanging from his uh, ceiling fan for years. He probably does. He probably has it. This news just broke a few days ago that Steve Vai is going to do a tour. It's the the 25th anniversary of Passion Warfare. Yes, it sure is. 
it didn't really say there's a press release and we were talking about this. It didn't really say whether or not he's performing the album in its entirety, but it said it's celebrating the album. So you would assume I, he, he already plays at least four of those songs. Yeah, live anyway. I would think it's got to be playing, playing it. it. I mean, it has to be if you're going to, if you're going to promote celebrate it, it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. And I mean, this is the album that the majority of, you know, your average fans know, you know, yes. so it's a smart idea. You know, he always fills up places regardless from people like us that are geeks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Guitar fans and all that. But, you know, it's a cool idea. Anytime. I always like when any band does albums in their entirety. That's right. And, you know, he's announced a lot of, uh, he announced, I think, a few American dates, but there's a lot of European dates. But I think the thing said with more U.S. dates to be announced. Yeah, I remember that part of it. And it goes through maybe August or something right now so hopefully this late summer fall we might get lucky and get that around our area exactly you know i think um you know we talk about him so much he needs to be on this podcast that's what i think yeah but anyways uh you know passion and warfare is just uh you know is a kid listening to that album for the first time i mean it completely blew my mind and I mean, I I am a guitar geek. I play guitar. I love guitar. I'm nowhere near as good as that. I'm not even one thirty seconds, one sixty fourth as good as that. But I mean, it's it it was still such an inspiring album, and it was it had sounds on there I'd never heard in my life. So for a young, you know, what twenty five years ago, how old? I don't know, twelve, fourteen. I don't know. I mean, to put my headphones in, I remember I was laying on the couch in the living room with my headphones in, listening to this album for the first time, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, it just blew me away. So, I mean, you know, this is a very important album for me. Uh, love Steve Vai, so I, I kind of do hope he does the whole thing in its entirety. I would watch the fuck out of that concert, yeah. you know? Well, for me, it wasn't even, you know, I wasn't a guitarist, and it's... It's the album that kind of got me paying attention to that kind of thing. You know, and, 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 and that's something right there. I mean, yeah. for a non, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't play guitar to hear that and go, holy shit, you know, and for that to mean so much to him, that tells you how good this guy is and how it's not just, you know, sounds. It's like a connection, yeah. you know, that's like, you know, otherworldly in a way. <laughs> well, we talked about him in detail on a podcast a few episodes ago when we were talking about the Generation X thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we talked about that. And I mentioned I think this is probably the album that helped all guitarists in the mainstream level. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, just right. instrumental guitarists. Yeah. And because that's kind of the first one that was a, you know, with the audiences listening and everything, that was a radio hit. Yeah. I don't know, Summer Song by Satriana might have been a radio hit before that. I don't know when that came out, but... Well, that was after Passion. Oh, was it? Okay. There there you go. I think it was... I think it's the album that kind of put those guys more into mainstream than just the rock geek, you know, area. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. I mean, I hope this comes to Dallas or something in our area. Yeah. And that's another tangent. I could go off on, you know, 35 minutes on just... Uh, Joe Satriani's extremist album. <laughs> don't 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 threaten me because I'll do it. And we'll save that for episode 156. O- okay, okay, <laughs> I like it. Well, did you see also in the press release? It said they're doing 
some G3 dates this summer. Yeah, with... Uh, They're all like in Italy or something. Yeah. Joe Satriani, Steve I, and the Aristocrats. Yeah. Which, I mean, they've been here twice, and the Aristocrats, and we haven't went and seen them. I don't know what our problem is. Right. So, that's uh, Guthrie Govan, Brian Beller, uh, Marco Miniman. It's all those kind of instrumental prodigy rock guys, and it's it's amazing. What's So, I was... I, I wonder, are they going to be the the band for the whole thing? They could be, because... That would make sense. Because Mar- uh, Miniman and Beller play for Joe Satriani anyways. Oh, do they? So they probably are. Oh, well, then, yeah, that makes total yep, sense. Yep, And we were just on that same episode where we talked about Vi. We mentioned that it's kind of sucks they haven't done G3 in a while. And look what happens. Yeah, but still, it's halfway around the world. I know. So. Bring it to the States. Yeah. <laughs> That was cool back in the day when they do those full-on U.S. tours with that thing. I know. I, but I, we never got to see I them. never got to go to one. <laughs> the one I always wanted to see was, you know, Satriani, Vi, and Eric Johnson. Oh, yeah. You know, that would have been the granddaddy of them for sure. Right. Are we good on this episode? We got anything else we want to say? Uh, I don't know. I think we're good. We we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know? Always want to mention to go to www.thethunderunderground.com. Everything's there. All the episodes are on soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. They're all also embedded on the website and in the podcast section. We've got stuff from Crowbar and Warrant, Miss May I. We just did one with I Apollo, an upcoming metalcore band out of Ohio. That's right. We've got, like we said, Ian Hogland from Europe, the guitarist from The Sword, Sid Falk, formerly of Overkill, uh, uh, Kyle from Battlecross. Yes. Which we mentioned earlier. That's Did right. you see them live? We got some local stuff like Severmind, Driver, uh, you know, Oklahoma Braze. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, of course, more coming. We've got an episode coming this next week with William Fish, who is the former drummer of Framing the Red. That's right. We've also had Jamie Welch on from Framing the Red twice now. Yep. I mean, formerly of Framing the Red. And... We've got a ton of stuff coming. That's right. And also, we've recently uh, made our first step into merchandising. That's right. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we have koozies. That's right. So just hit us up on Facebook or our email is thethunderground at gmail.com to grab one of those from us. They're only two bucks. That's right. You can keep your beers or your Cherry RC Cola cold this summer. Yes, Cherry RC Cola. Man. That sounds good right now. It does, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and mention the Thunder Underground at gmail.com. That's also where you send your uh, music if you want us to play it. Send us any suggestions or comments or anything at all. Send it there. Also on Facebook and Instagram is the Thunder Underground. YouTube is the Thunder Underground. Twitter is THNDR, UNDR Ground. Periscope is Thunder Underground. And once again, SoundCloud is soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. Hell yes. All right. Well, until next time. See ya. Thunder Underground, y'all.